Coming up this week, a small fire causes a partial evacuation of the Disneyland Hotel, Knott's Berry Farm starts auctioning off some of its history, and a new Sally figure debuts at the Haunted Mansion Holiday. Plus later, Tony wakes up early for breakfast and finds there's nothing to eat. All that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 609, for the week of September 11, 2016. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And Tony Spatel. Hello. How was everyone's week? Good. It, it was good. good. Yeah, Even though it was only good. a four-day week, it didn't seem short. <laughs> I only had a two-day week. I had, had three-day week, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to listen live every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Pacific, head over to Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com, and listen and chat live during the show. Um, and we have some people listening live from Disneyland Park. That's Hey, go on a ride, dude. Come on. Um, Anthony is always there. He's on my mm-hmm. Facebook, and he's always posting pictures. He's almost nice. as bad as Lou. Right? <laughs> um, and, of course, don't forget about the rest of our Diz Unplugged family podcast, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show every Monday, uh, the Orlando edition live Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific, the Universal Edition live Tuesday, uh, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific, and, of course, Diz Pop every Friday-ish. And, of course, every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, the Daily Fix, your quick look at the day's Disney news. Uh, so Nancy and I was, Nancy was in the parks. I was in the, in the parks as well. I got to see the last three showings of, of some of the, of the Diamond Celebration, except I didn't see, I didn't see World of Color, but I saw both, uh, Paint the Night Parades and the, uh, Disneyland Forever Fireworks. Did they have um, all the floats and everything for Paint the Night? Yes. It se- well, it seemed yeah. like it. Yeah, I don't think anything was missing. In, um, we saw it on Sunday night, and it didn't seem like anything was missing there either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Um, it was, if, if you want to see e- either of the last fireworks or the last um, parade, I streamed them live on the Diz uh, Facebook page. So head over there, and you can you can watch the watch the feed. Uh the last, I knew that that there was probably going to be more excitement for the parade than the fireworks, so I I headed over to the Small World Mall to watch it because I knew mm-hmm. that that's where that's where it would end. Yeah. Uh, and so so I was standing I standing right like right basically right in front of right in front of this shop. Um. And so as the parades, the last floats coming by, there is a crowd of people following along behind the, the two cast members holding the, holding the, the bar to keep people away. Um, and they stopped basically, they stopped the crowd like right, right in front of me and then let the, let the floats go out the gate, closed the gate. 
and then let everybody filled in the whole, you know, whole street there in front of, in front of Small World. Everybody, they were all dancing and singing along with the last chorus of the, of the song. It was just, it was just incredible. Just the energy was amazing. Yeah. It was very, very cool to be there. I was, I was getting cold chills just watching it as I was holding my phone up trying to video the whole thing. But yeah, so if you, if you look at the, if, even if you don't, don't watch the parade again, just fast forward to the end of it and watch the, watch just the crowd's reaction afterwards. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, also checked out the, the, some of the, the AP day stuff. Um, it was crazy. I mean, oh my God, annual pass holders will do anything for something free. Uh, no, really? So, okay, so they had the, they had the lot, they had the, the, at, um, at the stage 12 and at Paradise Gardens. So I went over to stage 12 and there was a line to get in before the place even opened. I'm like, okay, now forget this. So then I went over to, um, Paradise Gardens and it was just, I, I walked right in for that, but then I had to wait a few minutes to take the quote unquote picture, you know, the little, picture they had there um uh got a free button you could see what the merchandise was they have the merchandise at um the that the gift shop right there the um seaside souvenirs mm-hmm. right there by uh um the corndog the corndog castle yep. um so i bought i bought some stuff there of course and then so then later on in the day i went back to Stage 12 at Hollywood Land to see if I could get into that because there's more stuff there. There's that's where they have the characters and uh, some other things there. And there was still a line uh, in the middle of the day. I'm like, okay, no, forget this. It's not worth it. Uh, what else are they doing in there? They had they had character meet and greets. This apparently this week was the Halloween themed meet and greets. They had like um, pictures of or like posters of some of the stuff, the treats coming for Halloween and. Uh, for Halloween time and things like that. So previewing some of that stuff and a given, and giving away the button, but that's, that's it. But yeah, hmm. I, I guess maybe it's the meet and greet that, that people are wanting to get into. There was also rumors that, uh, one of the cast members was saying that possibly during the weekends, they might have some, um, like chef sh- demonstrations and things like that. But I haven't heard anything more about that. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, how, what anything new when you were there, Nancy? I know you guys. You were at the at the we at the Disneyland Hotel or the Grand. We were at the Disneyland Hotel because we couldn't okay. get into the Grand. Okay, gotcha. But, um, you guys had we, fun at the cabanas. We did. We rented a cabana for eight hours, and it's a little over two fifty to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, might I say that for four hours, it's a little over 150 or 160 to do it for four hours. Um, and that would be like nine to one um, or two to six. Right. I think are the hours. We had like it, however, from nine to six. So we actually you, got it for nine hours, not eight. Did you have a great time? We did. We had a good. really good time. The staff there is really attentive. You can order off like three different menus. They have a pool cabana menu. They have a basic Disneyland hotel drink menu. And then you get the Trader Sam's menu as well. 
So nice. we had most of the Trader Sam's appetizers brought down to us. <laughs> we did discover that there's only a couple things they won't bring to bring down to you. Like we tried getting the Aoa, which is the really big oh, yeah, giant no. drink yeah. for two. And they can't bring anything that comes in a glass souvenir glass. Right, they cannot right. bring you the glass souvenir glass. <clears throat> they, however, can char- can downcharge you to bring you the drink without the glass. So that's something good to know, and I gotta cough yeah. here for a second. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, let's see. Um, however, I wouldn't recommend getting the long beans delivered down because in the transit, anything fried kind of loses its texture. Right. So that's something to think about when you're doing stuff like that. But we got a we got a whole fruit plate, um, six waters. Uh, that was all included. All included, fruit plate, six waters. There was TV. They have um, a little sort of a armoire that has a safe, just like the room, and it's just like the room safes. It, there is a full charging station, enough for multiple devices. Bring your own cables. Um, but we char- we had like seven devices charging at that time. <laughs> so it was really nice. Um, there is a... There are like two sofas, two chaise lounges out front. Technically, they're designed for six adults. Okay. So that's that was pretty fun. Um, and I had flowers delivered to my cabana, which was lovely for nice. flowers delivered to the cabana. That was very sweet. We could have done also a, probably a room service delivery out to the cabanas as well. Um, like, you know, if you wanted to do it up really well, you could get like the tuxedo strawberries delivered out there. So, um, or even a cake. So just other little things to think about if this is on your list. But we all looked around and said, you know what? We would do this again because you're in the shade. You're comfortable. You're right there in front of either the monorail pool or the e-ticket pool. So you've got great lines of sight no matter what. I mean, we were close even for like the kids party um, because they do a kids dance party at the pool. Um, but my kids are too cool for that now. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? One turns, you know, middle middle school, and then they're too cool for school. So anyway, um, but yeah, that was cool. Um, oh, uh, one update: this is our first time actually getting kids meals at the Napa Rose. Okay. Oh my God! Really? Not only do they have Lily got fillet. Broccoli and mashed potatoes and gravy on hers. Zoe got a grilled chicken breast, not or roasted chicken breast. Um, they called it a uh, oh I don't know some term they use I can't remember what what it is now. Um, with once again broccoli or mashed potatoes. I'm sure you could sub out a, a different veg if they you know don't like broccoli. Right. That was the best chicken gravy I think I have ever tasted. And I know my chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. But that was some of the best chicken gravy I have literally ever tasted. And our food was phenomenal. I did the vintner's menu. Roz did the vintner's menu with wines. Oh, 
something to note, if you want a truly unique experience and you're going to the Napa right now, they have an 1885 Madeira wine on the dessert wine menu. Just take a moment to think about that. You can sit there and drink post-Civil War, you know, 20 years post-Civil War, but still post-Civil War Madeira. Wow. I mean, we've actually drank actual 1865 Madeira that they got a hold of a number of years back. And it even still had bouquet to it. It had flavor to it. It wasn't just all vinegar. Mm -hmm. Like you would expect a wine that old to be. But it was just amazing. I mean, so that's a really neat and very, very unique experience right, you can right. get currently yeah. at the Napa Rose, which I thought was kind of cool, and I wanted mm -hmm. to share that. Um, trying to think anything else exciting. Oh, there, as of Sunday, there were still, uh, I mean, as of Tuesday, there were still um, 60th anniversary penny presses in the parks. Okay. Yeah. They have moved some of them. So when you, if you have your penny press flyer that you got at at City Hall, be aware the ones in California Adventure have changed. Like they moved the machine from uh, Grizzly River Rapids at the Roaring Rapids Outfitters. They've moved that machine over to the shop across from Soren. And just so little just, stuff just like vis that. Just visit visit City Hall. They probably know where all the where they all moved to. Yeah. Now, some of, now, I asked, actually, somebody in a couple spots, and they didn't know where they had been moved to. Like, well, because they had just moved them overnight, most likely. <laughs> well, apparently, I had run into somebody doing trying to collect all the, the pennies up that day as well. Right. And they were the ones who told me where it moved to. Right. But, the, you know, the folks at... Um, yeah, at the Roaring Rivers Outfitters, or Russian Rivers Outfitters, didn't right. have any clue where their machine went. It was amazing how much they did from Monday night to Tuesday morning. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> All the bunting on the castle was gone. The big 60 on the castle was gone. All the pumpkins were up above the shops and in the windows of the shops. Um... I, I did a little live uh, Facebook video yeah, it's like, uh, from the t from right above the driver on the omnibus. Yeah, and, I mean uh, they still they still had the like the, the they still had the bunting or the the yeah the decorations on the on the street lamps. So that I'm sure that was gone the next day. I would think, but yeah. and it, like everything's up now. And of course, Halloween time has begun. Um, they they put out a, a story on Friday or Thursday or Friday that actually I think it was Friday that. There's a new figure in the Haunted Mansion Holiday. Um, there's a new Sal Sally figure. W wasn't she in there already, though? She no. was in the, the, She's in the scene, portrait. No, I don't remember ever She's seeing her. She's just always been in that portrait in the first okay, I was, in the I was, I was think I was thinking she was in the attic scene. I apologize. No, she's never been the attic. It's always, um, it's always just the snake, the presents, okay. and the monkey bride. Oh, okay. has anybody... Did well, she's you get been a in, the, in the big, you know, huge billboard like banner thing in the loading area yes 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 so yeah. she she is now in the in the um graveyard scene so that's kind of cool um and then of course the big huge gingerbread house is up it looks really cool i gotta admit from the sketch i wasn't sure if i should be impressed 
Right. But it actually in, in a live photograph actually looks much better. Uh-huh. Um, we should ask any of the chat room if they've been on it yet, since none of us have gotten a chance <laughs> since we're to get slackers. back down there. <laughs> well, okay, we all. I know. I, I, yeah, I was there Tuesday, and yeah, I'm not going to go back on Friday. Sorry, um, I'm dead. I'm any- dedicated, but not that dedicated. If anybody in the chat room knows where the Monkey Bride is, surely Dina or <laughs> or one of them knows and can post yeah. up. All oh, right. um, the chat room's asking if. If you noticed whether the animated windows were working I on don't, Main Street yet. Um, I, I didn't I, look. I forgot. I, I'm trying to think. I think there most of them were working, but I think there was one that wasn't. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Okay, Nancy in the, the chat room says she wrote it twice today, but didn't notice the monkey bride. <laughs> yes, monkey bride's hard to find sometimes. Last year it was down behind you to the left. Yeah. So maybe they'll mix uh, it up and put it on the right yeah, side this year. Yeah. All right. Any other housekeeping that we need to cover? Uh, I'm to say. Go oh, go Michael. ahead, Michael. So, Michael, go go for it. Okay. Uh, well, Carolyn and I were at our local BevMo, and we were looking for white wine. <laughs> of course we you were. a lot of red wine um, from <laughs> Lasseter Winery. And you know that Mary Jo and I have talked about uh, McMurray Ranch Winery. Right. And we've talked about day six, uh, you know, activities in Northern and Southern California. And we noticed that uh, BevMo had some of the wines from McMurray Ranch. So they didn't have a lot. They didn't have all of them. But I thought, hey, you know, might want to check out your local BevMo if you mm-hmm. wanted to, to, you know, taste something from the Disney, uh, you know, family is Mc- wineries. Is McMurray also the one, one of the ones featured at the uh, Tasting Terrace? Yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. When- I like their stuff. Yeah, we had the flight of the white wines when we were up there, and McMurray was one of them. And it was very good. We enjoyed it. So we did buy uh, one of their um, white wines when we were there. It's like So like I said, they don't have a huge selection, and I don't know how long they'll have them for. But you might want to um, check it out So and see. So And also, well, well, I have an announcement about connecting with Walt. As as you know, Connecting with Walt is returning in October. We have some great episodes coming up that we're working on. But we, we, we've we grown up. We, we're going to walk on our own. Um, <laughs> con- con- connecting with Walt is going to get its own feed. We are no longer going to be part of the Walt Disney World, uh, you know, um, feed. So if you want to enjoy Connecting with Walt... You are going to have to subscribe to it on iTunes, um, or otherwise you will be one of the many who will end up posting on the boards what happened to connecting with Walt. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, so we're very excited about that uh, because um, it's proven to be very popular. So we get to uh, walk on our own. Also, I think this this will be very exciting for our listeners because. Being part of the Walt Disney World show's feed meant we were really limited to our schedule of our of quarterly. But now that we'll be on our own feed, if Craig and I want to do a bonus episode, we can do it. So you Woo-hoo. may not have to wait, uh, you know, each for, you know, three months. Uh, you may just have, you may um, just suddenly see in your Connecting with Walt feed that suddenly there's a just a bonus episode 
downloading. So you keep an eye out for those. So I'll keep reminding you every week to and um, to to let you know about um, connecting with Walt. Uh-huh. That that um, that means oh, so there's a question. Are we going to uh, have all the other episodes on there? That's that's a question I have for Craig. We're we're, we're having a production meeting and we're actually recording an, an interview with someone you'll be very excited to hear about on uh, you know on Tuesday. So that is a question I have for him. I would think so. Um, someone else said, if you don't have iTunes, can you still hear the show? We are still going to be on disunplugged.com. So of course you can always hear us through that by clicking the connecting with walt logo so we'll be there excellent anyway yeah so um we're very excited anyway all right that's it for me anything else anybody got anything no okay uh hang on let me look and see no you're done okay oh did Um, i I finish my list because i know i sent you a bunch no no, you didn't send me that much nice try that uh (laughs) you're throwing me off all right, uh, I think it's time. Oh, oh here we go. I oh, forgot one. This on? is the oh, one. the ginger, gingerbread house dates are announced. Right? Yes, okay. the ginger. We we talked about this on the on the last few shows. They have actually fully announced gingerbread house dates. And where the we're heck talking did about, I put that? We're talking about the uh, Jazz Kitchen has gingerbread house building for yes. Halloween and Christmas, right? Yes, Halloween and Christmas. And while they don't have any details on the site yet, as far as, um, you know, the official sign-up forms, um, the dates to reserve are Saturday, October 22nd from 12 to 2 p.m., Sunday, October 23rd from 12 to 2 p.m. And then for the holiday ones, that was the haunted kit. And for the holiday kit, it's going to be December, Saturday, December 10th from 12 to 2, and Saturday, December 17th, and Sunday, December 18th, 12 to 2. And cool. it's $48 per gingerbread house kit, um, plus online service fees for registering. Um, additional seats may be purchased for $12 per seat. That $48, though, gives you two seats, soft drinks, and a special treat. Um, and refunds only within a 72-hour notice. And there is a phone number on their website for the the sales team, 714-563-7261, rbjazzkitchen.com. Very cool. All right. That should do it for housekeeping, please. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, it is. That's cool, it. Cool, cool. Awesome. All right. Time for the news. Tony? There was a fire in the Disneyland Hotel. Say it isn't so. It it is so. So a small fire in the basement of the Disneyland Hotel sent smoke billowing as a teacher. That's an excellent use of... That's a great verb. (laughs) Billowing. (laughs) Through the vent system in an early morning recently, triggering temporary evacuations of several floors. One firefighter employed by Disney suffered from minor smoke inhalation but declined treatment, according to Sergeant Darren Wyatt with the Anaheim Police Department. No one else was injured in the incident. Authorities got a call about a possible structure file at the hotel just before 6 a.m., Wyatt said. When they arrived, they found an active fire in the basement. It was a fairly small blaze, Wyatt said, but it was generating a significant amount of smoke. Firefighters were able to quickly extinguish the fire. They determined it had been sparked by oil on a machine in the basement catching fire. 
No guests were ever in danger, but they evacuated the first three floors from the hotel's frontier tower as a precautionary measure and due to the heavy smoke. Some guests were moved to the nearby... Ooh, talk about a letdown. Sorry. Uh, some guests Paradise were moved to, yeah, to the <laughs> nearby Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. Why well, it said others were soon allowed to return to their rooms. I'll just take the smoky room and go back. In. Right. Uh, Why it said <laughs> a, they declared, a smoky room is better yeah. at the Disneyland Hotel is better than any room at the yeah. Why that's terrible. Why it said they declared <laughs> the blaze a second alarm fire because of the resources needed to search the multi-story hotel and evacuate guests. Most of the fire crews were gone by 8 a.m. with just one engine left behind to help mop up water in the basement. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what machine it was. Yeah, interesting. Probably the pixie dust machine. Mm -hmm. Machine that goes bing. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of of you Knott's Berry Farm fans, you can now partake in an auction that is planned to give collectors and theme park fans the chance to have part of their history. The farm is... Oh, the farm. Yeah, Knott's Berry Farm. I'm like, a farm? That's how how the cool people say it. Yeah, the farm. The hipsters with the mustaches and the plaid shirts. The farm is planning an auction of more than 300 one-of-a-kind items from America's first theme park. that will be held in January 2017 in the Charles M. Schultz Theater at the park. Knott's officials have not released a list of what will be offered at the auction, but said that it will include historic artifacts from Ghost Town, Camp Snoopy, other areas of the park, and from the Walter Knott Archives. It does say some of the items could be theme park ride vehicles, player pianos, vintage coin-operated machines, and more. Many memories are created at Knott's Berry Farm, and this auction is one way for fans to preserve those special times through collecting unique memorabilia from the park's rich history, Knott's official said. Some fans are looking forward to the chance to bid on and purchase some of the items. Ken Stack is developing Stack's Liberty Ranch in the Temecula area, he plans on having a film and television production facility and a theme park museum at the lo- museum at the location. We've been quietly rescuing the memorable charm that made these parks so wonderful in the first place. It's important that the memories live on, he said. He already owns many elements built by Bud Hurlbutt, who designed and built many of the rides at Knott's, including Calico Mine Train Ride and the Timber Mountain Log Ride. When Hurlbutt passed away in 2011, Stack purchased many theme park items in his Buena Park shop. Stack said he is looking forward to the auction. Knott's official said they would release a list of the items to be auctioned in mid-December. For more information, you can visit the website at knots.com. So maybe there's a day six coming up when that museum mm-hmm. is complete. Go shopping. Yeah. yeah. So. Any, of the, any of the antiques that they're auctioning off um, Elvira? Huh. <laughs> Isn't Sorry. she an antique already? Oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's that, what that, I was the, that was the joke. Okay. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Elvira related. No, just Elvira. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's the news. That is the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fires. I will go first because mine is way more important. I'm kidding. Uh, there is a new offer at the Disneyland Resort Hotels. Uh, guests can save up to 20% on premium rooms at the Grand Californian Hotel or the Disneyland Hotel. Or guests can save up to 10% at the Paradise Pier Hotel. This offer is good Sunday through Thursday nights from October 23rd to, uh, so, let's say, uh, to December 22nd. Um, you must book before November 16th. 
and travel must be completed by December 23rd. There are restrictions and the offers, of course, is subject to change without notice. Uh, but check our website and or check with your Dreams Unlimited travel agent. Um, any chance there is to save at the Disneyland Hotel or the Grand Californian, take advantage of it. Um, Nancy. Okay, because I live the closest. Um, I get the thing I won't go to. Um, <laughs> Universal Studios <laughs> has announced that in, for the first three weeks of Halloween Horror Nights, they are discounting tickets up to $30. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, the... They're having trouble, aren't they? I mean, versus what's happening in Florida and, you know, Right. The Florida theme park is is thriving, but what what's going on here? Okay, I don't know, but I mean, when you consider that the after 2 p.m. day night combo ticket is $89 to go wow. to Universal Studios and stay for Halloween Horror Nights. Wow. Um general admission for Halloween Horror Nights is $59 with the save $30 online purchase discount. So that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, not cheap. But, um, of course, the cheapest deal is their frequent fear pass, which you can use up to 15 nights for $149. So that's basically $10 a night. Holy smokes. So, a, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, heck, if you're going to go how many, how many, how many times local. can you relive those mazes? I know, right? And the terror trim. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Somebody I'm just is so being not sarcastic. A... Wow. <laughs> what are they doing on the Terra Trim this year since they now have the Walking Dead, the permanent attraction? Because um, when we did the Terra Trim a couple years ago, I think you it's, know, cl- it's, cl- it's got to be clowns or something. Um, oh. I, okay, if you look at the attractions and the Terror Tram information, there, it's Eli Roth presents Terror Trams. So horror auteur Eli Roth from Hostel um, and his digital network Crypt TV take the helm of the Terror Tram, marking the first time ever that the signature attraction comes to life through the twisted mind of the filmmaker. Um, that should be in quotes. Um, they will expose guests <laughs> to the filmmaker fabled legacy... Quotes? Uh, no, twisted mind in quotes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but filmmaker in quotes could be applicable. Okay. So they clowns. are exposing guests to the fabled legacy of serial killer clown Hollywood Harry. Told you. I knew it was killer clowns. clowns. Oh. The story of former jovial celebrity clown turned depraved murderer at the <laughs> minefield of carnage he left behind. <laughs> So it's the it, the experience follows clowns. the sordid tale of former Los Angeles resident Harold Kapowitz, whose alter ego Koodles the Clown went from cheerful circus performer to lovable star of his own children's network television show before he was uh, overcome by his genuine killer instincts. Nice. Yay! <laughs> it makes me just oh, just be all joyous. Anyway, so discounts. So discounts, thirty cool. bucks. Awesome. Um and the the all after two PM day night ticket is as low as eighty nine dollars. Nice. So you can experience so, And of course they of, say yeah. that these will sell sell out. You can buy the tickets online up to six PM day of going. Will Potter be open during Halloween Horror Nights? 
it just says generic attractions. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it probably won't so, be a themed prob- land, though. Mm, yeah. Dementor, I'm, I'm Dementors sure walking put- around or something, yeah. I'm sure that they are not doing a dang thing with that because J.K. Rowling would have exactly. a conniption. Yep. I'm oh sure yeah, that's no, in their they, they can't touch that. So I'm sure that they. It's probably heck. I'd say it'd probably be closed. You know, it, it just says. Um, oh, it does actually. No, with the. Okay, hang on. I'm looking at something I didn't read before. The day-night combo no. gives you access of access to the Wizarding World. They do not guarantee the Wizarding World in the evening. Okay. All right, we'll have to see. All right, thank you, Nancy. Uh, Michael. Okay. All right, well, at the El Capitan Theater, they are having a special film festival as part of the countdown to the release of Disney's Moana. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the films of Ron and John, and it's Ron Clements and John Musker. It's running from October 6th through the 16th, 2016, and this sounds fantastic. On October's... Oh, it's The Hound of the Baskervilles. I was going to say, Paris thinks it sounds fantastic, too. (laughs) Sorry. Um, October 6th and 7th, you can... Now, remember, you're seeing these on the big screen, which, you know, is rare these days to be able to do that. They don't do the seven-year mm-hmm. release anymore like they did in when I was a boy. So uh, October 6th to 7th, The Little Mermaid uh, is playing, but they have special guests at the 7 p.m. screenings on certain days, and that's what makes this special. Besides seeing these on the big screen with the little pre-show that they do, um, on October 6th, they're going to have the voice talent of Christopher Daniel Barnes, who is Prince Eric. Uh-huh. Uh, and usually what they do is they will have like a panel or something like that um, before the film. And so I'm sure they'll talk to him about his experience as Prince Eric. On October 8th and 9th, they'll be showing my favorite of the, of the modern Disney classics, The Princess and the Frog. On, on October 8th, they're going to have directors Ron Clements and John Musker and voice talent. They're going to have Lewis, Michael Leon Woolley there Ooh. on. I know. I mean, that would be very cool on October 10th. They'll be showing treasure planet. Oh, well, but um, on October like 10th that. though, you can see Ron Clements and John Musker on October 11th, the 12th, they will be showing the great mouse detective. Um, there will be a special, guest on October 11th. They have not revealed who that is yet. October 13th and 14th, Hercules. On October 13th. I know. That's a fun film. I love that movie. I love the music. I know. uh, Yes, me too. I like the the, um, Greek chorus there. Uh, They will have um, on October 13th, they're going to have directors Ron Clements and John Musker back. And October... 15th and 16th, Aladdin. And on October 15th, they will have directors Ron Clements and John Musker. Also the voice talent of Brad Kane, who was the singing voice of Aladdin. And if longtime listeners might remember when Aladdin was up here in Sacramento as part of a D23 event, they had Brad Kane here. He, he was fantastic. I mean, he was hilarious. Uh, he talked about his experience with the film and some of the uh, some of the behind the scenes in recording 
his um, singing voice and and having and the challenge of having someone else be the speaking voice and he sang and he still has an absolutely gorgeous voice so if you're wondering how much this is you can choose your own there's a couple of ways you can see this you can choose your own for show vip preferred package this includes um, reserved seating you can pick any four of the films and showtimes to attend and it's a savings of twelve dollars and it it's, it costs $80, and that includes VIP popcorn. I'm not too sure what VIP popcorn is. It's fresh. It's in perhaps. a bucket. Oh, It's okay. in a bucket. And you get a drink as well. Special presentations. This is VIP preferred animation celebration package. This is $120 and includes all six 7 p.m. shows with the special presentations, the VIP preferred seating, VIP popcorn and drink at each film, as well as a guaranteed signed artwork by filmmakers from each film. You do have to be in line by the by a specified time so that you can get it signed. So if uh, because they will personalize it for you. So um, anyway, and what they said is the artwork will be signed and personalized and they'll either give it um, to the guests at the theater or they will send it to the guests at the end of the event run. Uh, you know, if I could swing this, I would go down there and stay somewhere from October 6th to the 16th and go to every one of these. <laughs> I mean, this sounds fantastic. So if you're, if you're able to go to these, I would say... The, really go this is unique a, a unique experience so again it's the films of ron and john um uh, uh, you know ron clements and john musker it's at october 6th to 16th 2016 at the el capitan theater and uh, and um have a great time and remember uh, moana is going to be released on november 23rd 2016 when when is the um, ABD in October? Does it coincide with those? Oh, I have no idea. I'll, I'll look at it while while Tony's doing his rapid fire. Uh, Tony. Well, because now I can only do rapid fires again, as we discussed, and have something to do with San Diego. <laughs> San Diego-based Carl Strauss Brewing Company has opened a new satellite brewery and brew pub in Anaheim, directly across the street from Angel Stadium. It has a seven-barrel brew house, and you know how mm. big, I mean, five-barrel, don't even get me started on those, but seven. <laughs> Love Carl Strauss. Okay. That's, two, that's, that's one better than six. Yeah, it is. Two fermentation tanks. Nice. And the thing that really makes a brew pub a brew pub, three bright <laughs> tanks. I have no idea what a bright tank is. It's spelled B-R-I-T-E. If someone like to Google that, they can tell me. But the press release says that there's three of them. And I, the brewery, I and I'm sure, tell you, but oh, of course, Nancy could tell me. <laughs> my ex-husband was a micro, was a home brewer. <laughs> home, that's, okay. That's where they sit and, it, it has something to do with finishing the beer. Finishing the beer, Let's isn't that like a that. chair? You just sit down and drink the beer? <laughs> Let's get chill it. Oh. Yeah. I know, I'm giving you a hard time. Three bright tanks. I know, it's okay. The brewery has the potential to produce more to produce more than 35 unique releases of fresh small batch beer brewed on site. The layout features a tasting room like bar area with 24 taps 
For guests to enjoy an ever-changing list of rotating beers, behind the bar are beer-to-go coolers, enabling guests to grab cold, fresh six-packs. In addition to growler fills, again, I don't know what that means, and I'm sure Nancy does. It's a big big bottle. Yeah, okay. Thank yeah, you. growlers are very large bottles. Okay. <laughs> Next, nothing like giving me the one about alcohol, and I have no idea. Think, think a is. bottle with XXX on the side. Yeah, oh, that doesn't okay. help. Okay. Like that. Yeah, okay. that think Next. of when you go and you look at the grocery guys, store case. I don't care. You can teach me what all these things are. I'm just trying to get through the rapid fire. I don't really care that I'll ever know what a growler fill is again. But anyways, next to the brewery is a growler filling station to accommodate high demand for a fresh draft beer on game days. For all of those listener, that's a uh, microbrewer, I'm sorry, Um, with reclaimed wood and exposed brick. The space has an industrial feel that includes garage doors, which is open to a large outdoor patio overlooking Angel Stadium. The address is 2390 East Orangewood Avenue. It's a, almost 12,000 square feet, uh, 1,500 square feet in terms of outdoor patio. It's a seven-barrel brew house, two 14-barrel fermenters, three 14-barrel bright beer tanks, a brew capacity of 35-plus small batch beer releases annually, and 355 seats. So go enjoy your growler filling station. <laughs> I tell you, we have a we have a Carl Strauss brewery here in Burbank, and the food is excellent. Yeah. I've never had a bad meal there. Of course, the beverages are amazing. Totally would totally would go there. Right. Excellent, thank you, Tony. Uh, Michael, we have a little extra time. Did you want to talk about was it Pinocchio? Yeah, I, I mentioned how. Uh, Princess and the Frog is my favorite modern Disney classic. Pinocchio is my favorite, <clears throat> excuse me, um, classic animated film. And you may have heard me mention when I talked about the Walt Disney Family Museum, they have an exhibit that's running from now to January 9th uh, called Wish Upon a Star, The Art of Pinocchio. And this is curated by John Canemaker, who is, uh, an, uh, is uh, an uh, Academy Award, Emmy Award, and Peabody Award-winning independent animator, animation historian, teacher, and author. I've met him a few times at the museum, and he's a fascinating person. This has uh, more than 300 objects in in here, and it is really spectacular. It's in the. Um, it's not in the main museum. It is in the uh, Diane Disney Miller Exhibition Hall, which is behind the museum, and. When you go in, it's a two-story building, and you actually, when you enter, the exhibit begins on the second floor. And I'm just, just to sort of give you some highlights, it's uh, when you go in, the whole second floor, which is the beginning, is, well, they, they introduce you to Kaladi and, and sort of the original story and the original illustrations, which look nothing like what the animated Pinocchio looks like and it's um, and they have throughout the the exhibit when you look at the animated versions of the characters they do have large displays of what the original illustrations of those characters look like for comparisons but on the whole second floor they have large reproductions of the storyboards of some of the scenes so you could see how they were developed and it's really interesting it was like um there were scenes of like Geppetto um, naming Pinocchio, 
and the, and a number of pleasure island scenes like when lampwick turns into a donkey and uh, and other things like that um when they're sort of making fun of jiminy cricket you know and and then there's one where um they they show the storyboard of when monstro spots tuna and also um pinocchio trying to escape monstro but the scene where he gets swallowed by him and then the big escape on the raft um, from Monstro. And then what they do is they have um, some original storyboard art um, uh, uh, from the, the set, the, from the reproductions that you just saw. They have some of the original art. And what was interesting was out all this art was all from the collection of the Disney Miller family. And I thought, oh my gosh, what, what must they have? in their homes <laughs> anyway and so then so then you go through and they sort of go through the steps of making a film so they start out with um design and they go through they, they have a section on inspiration art and this is on the second well the first floor the second part of the exhibit and this is all pretty much original art um they have and what they do is they have the inspiration art or concept art from gustav tengren who also worked on on Snow White, and he was already an established um, artist. And then Albert Herter, who was the um, very first concept artist um, ever that Disney brought on. And w what they do is they they talk about what was their inspiration, like uh, like for instance, Gustav Tengren based the town of Pinocchio on a medieval Bavarian town uh, called Rothes. Rothenberg ob der Tauber. My apologies to our Bavarian listeners. And <laughs> they also talk about how they changed the film from the book. You know, how Pinocchio gradually had to become looking more like a boy who happened to look like a wooden puppet. How they, they took out some characters. Like in the book, there was a grandfather tree and he ended up being dropped from the film. And then they talk about the backgrounds and and how they in order to get the backgrounds to look like water, they had to mix in um uh, they they mixed in like um salt and sugar and hydro um hydrophyte and sodium sulfite and and um potassium in order to um make the underwater scenes you know look sort of granular and watery and things like that. Um, they also have these interactive um, kiosks throughout uh, the exhibit on the second floor where or the first floor where uh, they show how certain scenes were made. And it, they come from a documentary on um, the making of Pinocchio, No Strings Attached. And then what's neat is they also have flip books so that you can flip through and see how uh, certain scenes that they've talked about were animated so you can see them move. They also show them on these screens. They show the, the moving of the, how, how the concept art, how they moved. But also, you can then examine one by one how they drew each of these scenes so that, you know, indiv each individual cell, so that when they all were put together and filmed, they, um, they made this, you know, brief one second, you know, a film. It was really interesting. Um, it was Milt Call, one of the nine old men who redesigned Pinocchio because Walt Disney completely halted production on Pinocchio because one of the issues was Pinocchio was completely unsympathetic. He was a brat in the book. 
and they felt part of it was sort of the way he was drawn. So when they reconceptualized him as basically he was, like I said, he was a boy that looked like a wooden puppet, his personality changed also. And then he became more of the lovable character that, that we enjoy. Um, it was uh, Ward Kimball. They go through him. They, what they do is they then highlight every major character and the artist who was the primary animator for him. Ward Kimball sort of gave J Jiminy Cricket his charm. And they show all the concept art, a lot of the concept art that Ward did. And I remember when Ward, uh, in an interview, I saw somewhere else. They didn't show it in here, in this exhibit. But Ward talked about, they had a real hard time getting a handle on Jiminy Cricket. I mean, no matter what Ward did, Walt just wasn't pleased with it. But Ward remembered, Walt would talk about a story of one of his uncles. He would always talk about an uncle. This was an uncle... That, that Walt was very fond of and really loved. And Ward would really listen to these stories. And what he did was he modeled Jiminy Cricket after the uncle. And, and when he did that, Walt Disney then loved Jiminy Cricket. And um, so Jiminy Cricket is Walt Disney's uncle. I don't know if Walt ever <laughs> knew that. But um, anyway, so... Um, Art Babbitt uh, worked on Geppetto, so they have a whole section on that. And he um, he based Geppetto on Geppetto's look and voice on an actor at the time called Christian Rubb. Um, the, and there were all kinds of ma maquettes and models and toys, and they had all these wooden cuckoo clocks um, based on the, on the Geppetto's workshop scene in there. And then they have Vladimir or Bill Titlas, uh, Titlas. Um, he worked on Stromboli. And so the, again, they had a whole scene of, of how he did that whole section on that. Norm Ferguson and John, um, Lounsbury, they worked on Honest John, Worthington, um, Fowlfellow and Gideon. Um, you know, and, and anyway, they went through it. Um, one of the, you know, they talked about Freddie Moore, Ollie Johnston and their work on it. Um, Eric Larson, um, Figaro, you know, the cat, he's based on, he was based on Eric's four-year-old nephew, all his characteristics and qualities and his playfulness and his moodiness. That's a four-year-old boy, Figaro. Um, anyway, so, um, it was, and they talked about, um, Marjorie Belcher or Marge Champion. She was the model for the, um, Blue Fairy. And they showed scenes of that as well. They had a really good display of how the multiplane camera was used. It was extensively used in order to give depth to the series. Probably the most famous scene is that I think it's scene. It's the first um, act. Uh, it's the first scene of Act Two where you're going through the village of um, you know Pinocchio. It's dawn and the bells are ringing and the doves you know are flying and the children are all going to school. And not only is it moving straight through, but it's moving laterally. And um, that had never been done before. And they show how they did that, where they, where everything was painted on these enormous sheets of glass. And, uh, and, and it was just layers and layers of glass so that the camera could move from left to right as well as, as, as dive deep into the scenes. And then they would, what they would do is, as the camera moved forward, not only is it move left and right, when it was ready to move forward, they would have to move one of these huge sheets of glass out of the way so the camera could then move forward into the next 
next sort of level of this layer of the scene. I mean, it was really remarkable. And then it had a whole section on special effects like the water. It took them over a year to get all the water effects to look convincing. And then they do a nice, um, nice presentation on the ink and paint and the backgrounds. And of course, one of our since we're heading into the holidays, you just talked about Haunted Mansion holiday. Claude Coates was the uh, who worked on Haunted Mansion was one of the major developers of that, along with Mark Davis. He did the backgrounds for he was one of the ones who did the backgrounds for Pinocchio. So this is really a fantastic uh, exhibit. So if you're going to be at the Walt Disney Family Museum or in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, between now and January 9th, I, I really recommend that you um, head over to the museum and see this. Um, if you're a fan of Pinocchio, it's definitely worth the trip out to the Walt Disney Family Museum. They also have some new exhibits. Uh, they've rotated some of their art um, so that you will, uh, so that um, they have a, a much bigger um, Fantasia um, presentation now there exhibit they've changed it out they also um, for in uh, in the uh, um, 6465 World's Fair um, area gallery they now have more of Mary Blair's work that she did some of the models and some of the artwork that she did for it's a small world is in there so um, definitely worth a trip but the Pinocchio exhibit was fantastic Really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to going back and seeing it again. Very cool. All right. Anybody got anything else? All right. Let's oh. wrap. What? Oh, speaking sorry. Of, speaking of artists, I was just at Forest Lawn today um, uh-huh. taking some folks to visit Walt's grave. Right. And um, they are still running that Evan Earl exhibit. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That it's, we mentioned. It's running to the end of the year, isn't yep. it? Through January 1st. So, you know, it's been running for a couple months now, but um, definitely it's really one to check out. I caught it when it was here at just a really small gallery here in Burbank. And it is beautiful. And there is a book to go with the exhibit that is just amazing, which you can buy online. But it's a like a $250 book, but it's beautiful. And features all of his artwork from all of his work with Disney as well. Very cool. All right, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Tony. For those of you listening live, be sure to check, uh, stay around for Tony's look at early, early, early breakfast at the Disneyland Resort. Otherwise, that is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplug. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplug podcasts this week. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.